I'd say do it. Just do it. There's an opportunity. I, I feel there's opportunities for chefs to move to the country, to get out of the rat race and make the regional areas stronger. Yeah, like there's opportunities out there, guys. Like, you know, young chefs, you don't need to be in the big smoke. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. The regional areas are booming. With more people travelling throughout Australia, the need for quality hospitality staff in the regions has never been more pressing. The lure to escape the big smoke has become apparent as professionals look to find balance between the frenetic nature of the restaurant game and a happy, fulfilling life. For some, that lure and desire of the countryside reaches way back into their childhood. Colin Selwood is the chef and owner of The Cottage in Scone, New South Wales. Colin, how are you going? I am, mate. I'm good. Mate, you uh, grew up amongst farmland on the South Island of New Zealand and now you find yourself in regional New South Wales uh, carving out your career. Did you ever think leaving that environment as a kid that you'd end up in the country again? Well, I kind of figured I'd always end up back home in New Zealand, but um, but not not in the bush here in Australia. Um, yeah, just I, I got married and I've got a, a wife and kid here in Australia now, and I think um, if I if I wanted to go back to New Zealand, it'd be on my own. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I know that you spent um, the vast majority of your career in the city, and we can go into some of the amazing venues that you've been part of. Um, but now you find yourself in Scone and you were hunting early this morning, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I was. Can you tell us a bit about that? What, what, what were you hunting for? Uh, deer. Um, a, lot, a lot of Kiwis are pretty crazy deer hunters and um, that's, that's what I love. It's, um, it's kind of like, you know, um, the way I, I, I tell people about it, it's, um, you know, if you're in the city, you kind of, your, your day off is at the golf course or... Um, or sailing club or, or something like that. And um, here in the bush, I've, I've got my hunting. So I kind of like, um, I do that on my days off and um, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a form of exercise and um, yeah, it's, um, it's really good. I love it so much. Is there anything that you um, catch end up on the menu? Oh, wait. oh not, not at the restaurant. I'm not allowed, unfortunately. Um, to do that, but um, it's always on the on the dinner table at home. Well, you are in Scone at the moment, um, but you spend a lot of time uh, in the city uh, with with a lot of venues. What drove that move originally um, to, uh, out into the countryside? Um, I, I just wanted to get out of Sydney, um, out, of, out of Sydney, the city. Um, it was um, a move that. Um, I wanted to do because I was sick of the the rat race and and everything that um, that comes with living in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, it was a bit of um, I got I got bit by the black dog. Um, so, and I just thought a move to the country will be um, a little bit more holistic for me and. Um, Hopefully, it was going to provide a bit more of a, a balance for me. Long before the cottage, you um, moved uh, to the town of Willow Tree um, in 2010 to open a, an establishment. Um, was that the beginning of that sort of change that you went through? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a really good thing for me moving to Willow Tree. I set up a pub there, um, and what I did was I actually um, was able to do something that I'd spent a, a bit of time um, trying to focus on while I was in Sydney when I was um, during the, the 90s. I worked in a restaurant called Armstrong's in um, North Sydney, which uh, a, 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 a number of people will probably remember. Um, and that's where we started to dry age, uh, Mark started to dry age meat. And, um, and I, uh, was part of that process, which, um, I, I found very, very interesting. Um, and, um, so we, um, we did that there. That was part of the, um, part of the, um, the, um, the, the, the way that we did things over there was uh, the, the, the owner of the hotel, the pub, um, Charles Hanna, he, um, he had a farm and um, he had, there was a small feedlot with, with the farm that he had and um, we, what we used to do is we used to get cuts of meat and hang them in the dry aging room in the, in, the, um, in the pub. You eventually uh, left that venue and went back to Melbourne for a short period of time, but you weren't in the city for long. Can you tell us about what it was like that period of time and, and that sort of decision that you made to go to Scone? Um, yeah, well, it was just, that was kind of like, it was a bit of a, I don't know, kind of forced, forced to a certain degree to move, move away from, um, Melbourne because my, my wife said to me, we don't see you, you, you work too hard. Um, and we're actually going to leave and then you can, you can come with us if you want, <laughs> or, or you can stay here and kill yourself. <laughs> So yeah, that uh, I didn't have much choice really. So um, yeah, that was um, that was a um, I guess you could say it was a small small time that um, I was down there, and then I hadn't been there for very long. And um, uh, a lovely man called um, Michael Crouch um, called me and said, "Listen, I'm I'm opening a I've bought a I've bought a building and I'm opening a restaurant and." Um, I'm looking for someone to to run it, and um, that was that was um, part of, that was the beginning of moving to Scone. Well, um, now the, you're the owner there. Well, give us tell us a bit about the restaurant and what it's like in that area. Okay, so what we've done here it's the Upper Hunter Valley. Um, it's it's a very very regional um, area, um, and what I've done is I've I've put a, a dry aging room in in the restaurant at the restaurant and um we we hang our own beef uh, we i get i get my beef from um manning valley manning valley naturally is a label it comes from uh, the abattoir at wingham and it hangs in my dredging room for around three weeks before i i a minimum of three weeks before i cut into it um, it's not. It's, it's a grass-fed product, and it's a hormone-free product, and um, it's not breed-specific, but it's all British breeds. So farmers that that sign up to this Manning Valley Naturally label, they all um, sign a piece of paper saying that their that their beef is um, 100% British. So it can be a cross, it can be a cross, it can be anything, but it's a British breed. It's, there's no euro in it, so. Um, you know, it can be Hereford, Angus, um, Shorthorn. It can be crosses of any of that kind of stuff. And um, 
and it's all grass-fed. So it, a lot of it comes through with um, a really – it's an older animal as well, and it can come through with a, a really good um, marble score. And um, because it's an older animal, it gets to um, grow and and gain that um, the the marbling through the meat, which is what uh, which, which is what we're after because it, it adds um, it adds moisture and flavour to to the meat. What's it been like building the restaurant in Scone? Can you give us a sense of the community and the importance that they have in regards to your success? Um, the community here is um, very important uh, for me because you know it's a small town, really. Um, so it's really important that um, the community support me, and I do believe I've been doing a halfway decent job, and I've been busy enough. Um, we had, did have three years of no rain, which became really, really quite hard. Uh, it was very hard, actually. Um, so you know, um, went through a little bit of hardship and and, and lower numbers, but. Um, it, it, we're coming out of the coming out. Of the, this is quite funny. We're coming out of the weeds now. You know, we're coming coming out of, coming out of the hardship. It's rained and there's just grass everywhere. It's just incredible. Um, so you know, it, it's um, it's an important thing that um, I'm trying to do here is 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 a bit of providence with our food, um, and. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of a little bit hard. It's, cause it's not like the Barossa or the Yarra Valley and places like that where, um, you know, there, there's lots of little like, hob, like hobby farms and, and that kind of stuff where um, people are able to produce stuff and, and um, provide restaurants with it. Uh, up here, farm, farms are larger. They're much, much larger. And um, it's, I've, been, I've been trying to get... Um, Get some more local local ingredients. Um, there's a rabbit farm in Merriwar, and there's a pig farm in Merriwar, which I've been using. Um, and there's the local meat that I'm using from um, from Manning Valley naturally. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much in the way of um, fruit and vegetables, unfortunately. We do go up to the Barringtons and collect our own pine mushrooms and and slippery jacks and that kind of stuff. Um, the Barringtons are an amazing area, but it's just, unfortunately, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's very vast. You've uh, been involved in many um, famous restaurants and also started some of them as well. What's your cooking like, though, these days at the cottage? Um, we're, we're trying, well, as I said, we're, we're trying to do a bit of provenance stuff. We're trying to do a bit of... Um, uh, gatherer kind of stuff. Um, I have just taken on um, a new chef, um, Ben Haywood, who is out of China Doll and um, uh, just recently a restaurant called Chu in, in Western Sydney. Um, but um, it's – I'm trying to take a little bit of a step back. I'm kind of like three years off 60 and um, it's quite funny because um, I was listening to one of your podcasts Earlier, and it was Andy Davies. We we actually we actually worked together at the Bayswater Brasserie in 1986, which is quite crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's um it's uh, it's been interesting um, 
period and I'm trying to focus here on on everything that I've I've taken on and learned over the last 30 years living in Sydney. You briefly mentioned uh, Armstrong's and Bayswater Brasserie. Uh, you started your career in New Zealand, but can you tell us a bit about uh, your time in some of the restaurants in Sydney and and your influence there? Yeah, well, okay, so after doing my apprenticeship in New Zealand, I came over here in, um, in 1986. My first job out of um, my first job in Sydney was um, at the Bayswater Brasserie, which was like, as Andy said, it was the it was a place to be. It was like it was pumping. You'd do 300 covers a day, and um, boy, what an what what an eye opener! That I was <laughs> fresh off the plane from New Zealand, and I walked straight into that, and there was famous people famous people walking in the door, left, right, and center, and it's like wow. Um, there was a mad chef called Willie Willie Wild. He was he was a chef there, and from there um, I worked with um, Greg Doyle and Steve Hodges when they had a little place called Rye Street Bistro. Now that was um, part of the – was a, a number of chefs had um, ni- um, nice fine dining restaurants through the 80s there and um, they weren't travelling so well so they decided to open up uh, faster, quick food, quicker food uh, venues like Rye Street Bistro, McClay Street Bistro – and places like that. Um, then, what? What? Um, after that, it was um, it was a stint at um, Armstrong's in North Sydney, where we where I, I learnt how to dredge meat. I used to bone out like twenty to twenty five rumps rumps a week there, and um, it was it was that was good. And then then we had the recession we had to have, didn't we? And uh, thank you, Mister Keating, for that one. <laughs> um, and um, after that, it was um, like five years at the Bistro Moncur, uh, which was, um, you know, that, that place just pumped. It was a, an institution. Um, and, and then after that, uh, I, I did a, a number of years in a restaurant called East Bank. E- East Bank was at Circular Quay underneath the toaster. And uh, with, with the owners of East Bank, I actually... Um, was was a part became a partner in um, China Doll, and um, we had uh, China Doll there for a number of years, and then um, sold sold that that share, and then then opened a, a restaurant called Salon Blanc. Um, got a hat at Salon Blanc, and um, that was that just that was the period where the the black doll hit, um, and like you know if you do want to touch on that for a minute. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things that, um, unfortunately, chefs chefs tend to go through um, quite a bit. Uh, I've I've lost four four friends to to that, and and one farmer as well. Farmer was last year, so like you know, I'd just like to say one thing too. While 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 we're on that one, it's like if if you're feeling like shit, just talk to somebody. You know, reach out, reach out, talk to somebody because there's always a friend. That will want to help. Um, so, yeah. You've mentioned um, the black dog with depression um, and how it's popped up at random times in your career and you've lost so many people close to you. How have you managed that with this, such a frenetic industry that you're in that um, takes a toll on people? What's been some of the things that have helped you? Um, just see someone, talk to somebody. That's, that's all I can say. 
it's um it's important you got to reach out put your hand up say hey I'm not coping too well um and there's help out there there's there's help everywhere you just got to be brave and and stick your hand up your move to the country has helped you obtain a more of a sort of work life balance um how, how do you feel as a chef now in the country compared to those days in the in the city where there was such pressures on you, especially, um, you know, chasing hats and those sort of things? Um, there's the, the still pressure here, um, business business pressure. But the one good thing that I, I can say about the country is um, a lot of people will see here also in Scone, we've got the horse industry and the thoroughbred industry, um, they – they they used to um, um, seeing uh, having have, uh, like you know, a lot of them, a lot of the people here will have a uh, a house in in the eastern suburbs or the lower North Shore. They do no dining, and they a lot of them are really happy to actually have a nice restaurant in town. So, um, people tend to be a little bit more grateful in the country than rather than criticizing um which which i'm which i'm that i just love it it's it's so good because you know i i well i I used to finish up in the in the kitchen and uh, toward the end of service and then walk out and walk around the restaurant say g'day to people and people were just saying like oh dinner was so great dinner was so great thank you very much um and that's the big thing that that i find in the country is there's there's more gratification there's more gratification with with the hard work that you do and um, and people rather than being like you know as a chef one of the largest issues or big things that we have is is we're, we're eternally criticised um, and that's kind of it's part of it's it's, it's, it's become worse more lately but um, that just seems to be the way it is and you've got to have a thick skin but. Um, uh, here in the country, I just find customers are a bit more grateful, and it's it's kind of like yeah, nicer nicer to have have people around. Regional dining has really changed in the last decade, and you've been part of that. What do, what do you think of the standard of regional dining um, across the country? Um, it's a lot harder in in the regions. Um, finding staff is harder. Um, and I do believe it's actually, it's, it's becoming stronger and it's, it's, there's, there's more people that are, that are appreciating it. Like, you know, for, for example, here in, here in town, the, the real estate agents, since COVID hit, the real estate agents, they, they cannot get enough properties to sell. And there's people leaving Sydney or, or the cities in their droves since COVID. So um, it's it's becoming stronger and, um, and regional dining is becoming stronger and it's becoming more recognised, I do believe. You know, we've got the um, the Hunter Wine, Wine region just like it's two hours south of us uh, and that, that's always busy and that, that's, that, they have been so, so busy since COVID hit. You know, they're they're booked out weeks in advance, um, and you know we've got people here. As I said, they're buying up properties because they just want to get out of Sydney. A lot of people have had been forced to work from home, and then they've realised that um, 
you know what? Working from home's doable. So they're going like, why should we bust in our guts here in the city, you know, traveling for hours and hours um, in our cars when we can just move something? Like I can park just about right outside the shop I want to go to here in town, you know, and and, and that's that's the bit I love. And, and not only that, like I grew up in the country and um, – and like I was, you know, shooting rabbits when I was a teenager, and riding motorbikes, and and doing all that kind of stuff. And that's what I can I can now offer my son. And that's the big thing for me, is um, being able to offer my. He's a, he's eleven, and he he's got a motorbike. He he's had he's he's a crack shot with a little twenty two, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, that's that's how I grew up, and I'm just really happy that I can offer that to him. You know, global travel is uh, not really an option for anyone at the moment, given uh, the pandemic, which you've brought up a, a couple of times. But you are a real avid traveller, and you've had some extraordinary experiences, food experiences uh, across the globe. Are there some that really stand out for you um, that you'd love to experience again once sort of borders open up? Um, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, like going through France and 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 that kind of stuff was pretty incredible. Um, but I think the most memorable for me was when I went to um, Thomas Keller's restaurant in New York. Per se. Per se, yeah, per se. We went there. It was amazing. It was incredible. Like there was there was three of us. We went for dinner there, and 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 like I couldn't fault a single thing, and. The service was just amazing. Like you know, you'd there'd be th- three three waiters that they'd hang back, stand at the waiter station, and then they'd just go vroom, and play the um, table would be cleared, table would be set. It was just it happened. It was so so um, unobtrusive. It was just incredible, and the food was just amazing. And you know, I the funny, the funny thing is, like it was a bit of a surprise trip to New York and uh, I, we, I walked in there and um, said to the girl at the desk, the front desk, I said, listen, um, I'm a chef from Sydney um, and we've just had a quick surprise trip to New York and I'm here anytime that you can squeeze me in, I'd love a table. And she goes like, oh, yeah, 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 we can do Thursday dinner. How's that? I said, oh, fantastic. Thank you so much. And she said, are we about some um, Australian from so from Sydney? And she goes, Oh really? I'm from Cronulla. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was um, that that was that was really good, and yeah, that's got to be that will be, I think, probably the most memorable um, um, dinner experience ever for me. You're in the Upper Hunter, and um, the whole hospitality world over the last year has, has had it pretty tough. But what's it, what's it been like in that region in the last? A few months over over summer, are you noticing a real change? Um, yeah, there's been a big change, I guess. Really, um, as far as um, farming confidence goes, that's the big thing. Like beef prices are going through the roof, and they're so so strong right now. Um, and like you know, if it rains, I just I, I see people in the restaurant when it rains, and that's because they just. They just—it's just farming, farming confidence. That's that's the kind of thing that happens up here. Um, if it go, if it goes dry, then people don't come in to see us. 
and um, and when there's rain, it it changes everything. And everything's so green right now; it's just incredible. But the big thing for here uh, for us here in in, in Scone is um, there's there's like we've just we've just um, just just as COVID hit, we got a bypass. So the town is now bypassed by the highway. Um, and a lot of people say to me, so have, have you noticed anything? Like, what's the difference now with the bypass? And I go, well, we don't know because the, the bypass finished and guess what happened? Bloody COVID hit. So we're, we're a town that's about to grow. And I think, you know, you're, where your brother is cooking um, down near Canberra, um, there's, there's bypasses gone in, in, in towns down that way as well. And they've, they've flourished. Um, because people go into them and they off the highway, and then they actually um, they um, when they go into them off the highway, spend time in towns instead of just going straight through them. And hopefully, this will provide some more employment opportunities for our town, and um, and more support for local businesses and hospitality, retail, and and all that kind of stuff. With your experience of, of finding that work-life balance and having a restaurant in the country, what sort of advice would you give to those in the industry looking to get out of the big smoke and make a career in the country? I'd say do it. Just do it. Like there's, there's, there's an opportunity. I, I feel there's opportunities for chefs to move to the country to get out of the rat race and make the regional areas stronger. You know, I think there's a big push. There's, adver- there's advertising on TV right now, and and everything to to get out and um, to get out and visit regional areas because no one can go overseas. But like, it's kind of it's kind of like a little bit like a a blessing in disguise to a certain degree. You know, so yeah, like there's opportunities out there, guy. Like you know, young chefs, you don't need to be in the, you don't need to be in the big smoke. Um, and you know, like what, what we've done here is like, we, we've, we've run, we've won multiple awards through the restaurant and catering association. We've won um, best regional steak restaurant, like about four years in a row. Um, and, and I wouldn't say that like our food's great. It's really good, but it's not. Um, it's not kind of what how can I say it? It's 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 really good, wholesome dining, and it's it's not cutting edge stuff, and pe- people don't need or or want cutting edge stuff in the country. They're just really good. F- they're, they're sorry. They're really happy for good, wholesome, well cooked meals. You know, um, and, and it's it's not hard to do. Well, Colin, it sounds like uh, some exciting times ahead in Scone with all the developments and and also with a lot of regional tourism going on. Um, look forward to hearing more about that as as time goes by. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds today. Uh, please keep in touch, and we'll talk again soon. Hey, thanks for um, thanks for inviting me in. Um, I feel quite privileged to actually be part of your um, little program here, mate. It's fantastic. It's a wonderful thing you're doing. Thank you, mate. We've loved having you on. We'll talk again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. See you, mate. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. 
I'm Anthony Huxtep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's HOSPO community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well. <laughs>